here in my kitchen with my friends Amma Rose Abrams. Hiya. And Matt Abbott. All right. We have got a jam-packed show. This is our 11th broadcast to you. We've got art and culture, books and poetry and music. And we're going to be tweeting along with all of the artists and content that we're featuring in the show. So please join us with that on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Roaring20sRadio and the 20s is 20S. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well, but we do a live tweet all through the episode. And first up on the show today is Energy by Disclosure. What up, what up, what up, what up? All right, look, 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 look. Just in case you ain't got it by now, listen to me, bring it in. If you are alive, I know you ain't reached your best yet. You got more, you can do more, you can see more, you can be more, all right? Right now, you should feel invincible. Where your focus goes, your energy flows. Are you hearing me?
You're listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio. So last month we had Nikita Gill live in the studio with us. Um, what have you been up to since then? Well, live in the studio, you mean live in the kitchen? Yeah, live in the kitchen, <laughs> you know. She was alive in she the was, kitchen. <laughs> she yeah. was alive in the kitchen. And she was wonderful sharing her beautiful book, um, The Girl and the Goddess, which is out now. I've basically this month it's been a busy one there was freeze in the art world which so obviously the fair physical fair couldn't take place but there were a few events happening and I went to a live art performance with only six people in the audience which was still good and it was just nice to see some colleagues I haven't seen for uh, you know months and months and months that was good other than that just been writing up a storm and like, you will see all of that materialise in the coming weeks. Cool. How about you guys? I went to see a drag queen in Clapham. Oh nice. Which was strange. It felt like we were like drinking in a speakeasy in Prohibition because we were sort of, we were supposed it was but it was great though. She was wonderful. She's called Diane Charlie, the Duchess of Canvey. Um but yeah other than that just writing and working and trying to make sense of what's happening. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's a big part of it, isn't it really? Yeah, yeah. I think my main thing really was working on the starting work on the Mrs. Death, Mrs. Death audiobook. Nice. That was exciting. Like she left the house and went to a real studio. Um, so that was great fun. And then yeah, same as you, just trying to trying to write and basically days when I've got a lot of energy and I'm feeling quite manic, I get as much done as possible because I know there are other days when it just feels really difficult to sort of uh, grasp what's going on and understand what's going on. Um, one thing that's bringing me joy is checking out all the people that are tweeting Marcus Rashford today. Yeah. Have you looked yeah. at Twitter this over the last couple of days? Uh, it's incredible. I have looked at it. I saw your tweet actually drawing attention to um, his statement that he made about basically about his mission and how he won't be derailed by the vote, which puzzled me slightly. I mean, I haven't looked into the stats, so forgive me if I'm making a big clangor here school dinners don't cost very much so i don't really understand less than eat out to help out yeah yeah i mean i i had a free school meals through my whole childhood um and you know my mum packed shelves in co-op and she worked in factories and she had a single mum bringing us up i don't know what we would have done without the free school meals i i, I just think it's amazing watching people from all over the country um, willing to donate and help and share. Yeah. Um, it is a shame though that that again we're relying on on people to to donate and share when people already don't have much. Exactly. When people already are working, you know, or, or not not getting the work and the money in that they need just for themselves, and they're still digging deep to help others. Um, there there is hope in that, uh, and that people are so generous. Absolutely, but you do wonder, even those who have fared well so far through the crisis, everyone's kind of got big questions about the future and it shouldn't fall to the public to um, fill in the gaps left by government, especially not for things like this. No, I mean, they say that charity is the sign of a failed state anyway, but this is outrageous. This is really basic stuff. But... Um, like you said, Selena, it, it's happened so quickly and there's such an incredible outpouring of support from all these local businesses all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and for as, as much as there's people online, you know, slating it and being nasty, that doesn't really make as much of a difference as the people who are going out there and donating food. And even the councils, like Liverpool City Council, they're desperate for money, they're skin, and they've said, okay, we'll pay for it then. So it's, it's businesses, it's local councils, it's everyone apart from the government, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to just give a shout out there to uh, our friends at Refugee Community Kitchen, of course, 
who are making millions of who have made millions of hot meals without judgment and feeding people they've got a new place oh in archway sorry yeah. I, I couldn't find it then oh, that's in right archway where they they're, they're yeah. feeding people now um, which is amazing so look up refugee community kitchen donate if you can volunteer if you can it's a really difficult time we're all trying to do as much as we can which brings me to the arts and artists doing what they can um the weird thing that happened this month was the government uh, saying that you know just basically devaluing art and saying that, that that we should retrain. What was all that about? Did you follow that story I and can... that awful advert with Fatima? Should we go there? What yeah, was that? The strange advert and then all the kind of weird because the advert came up online and then all the kind of weird messaging around the advert. Um, say oh we didn't mean you know this is an old advert and maybe you know you shouldn't all this kind of like weird misinformation around the advert but actually none of that matters the fact is that it highlighted what was being said and communicated by government which is um if you if theatres are shut you should go and retrain i cyber that yeah. did make me laugh though because i was like cyber it sounds like something from um i don't know uh, i know it's so sinister it's not even it saying like, like a dalek I yeah wonder. yeah it doesn't, it doesn't make grammatical sense. And of course the dancer's real name was Desiree. And the story came out that it was actually a struggling young, black, beautiful ballerina from America. Um, and the photograph was taken by um, a photographer in um, Atlanta, Georgia, called Chris Alex. And it must have been so weird for them to wake up and suddenly see Fatima, Fatima, Fatima next to her image. So again, not even asking permission, not paying her to use her image, not even bothering to ask the ballerina. I mean, the whole thing is just a complete shambles. It's a complete mess. I think we've got a recording of uh, Chris Alex speaking. Should we have a little listen to that now? Yeah. Okay, have a, here's Chris. I don't know who Fatima is, but I do know who Desiree is. Desiree is a young, talented, and beautiful aspiring dancer from Atlanta. She just graduated high school and she has dreams of attending college to study dance. I met Desiree through Tasha, her dance instructor. Tasha is an independent business owner of Vibes in Motion Dance Studio here in Atlanta. Tasha was actually a part of the original photo I took. She has been dedicating her life to the arts and helping young people and children like Desiree pursue their dreams and their careers as artists. I was shocked. I woke up Monday morning to a bunch of emails and tags and I really felt devastated. So there's a snippet from Chris's um, statement. You can hear the rest of it on her Instagram. It's Chris Alex, that's Chris with a K, K-R-I-S, Alex, A-L-E-X, sorry, uh, in, um, on Instagram and you find that online. And if, if she at all manages to ever hear this, a shout out from us here in England and an apology uh, for having your work just used like that without your permission. We don't want ballerinas to become cyber workers. No, we don't. We, we don't. don't. We really it's don't. It's not a world we imagine. No, no, we don't. And yeah, I'm going to leave it there. So what else have we got coming up in the show, Emma Rose? 
I've got a conversation with Louisa Buck, arts journalist, and she is talking about the Gallery Climate Coalition with me. And they're a, co- they're a coalition um, that formed or solidified over lockdown. And basically their aim is to provide guidelines and the necessary resources so we can collectively reduce our carbon footprint by 50% over the next 10 years, us meaning the art world. And that's in line with the Paris Agreement, as well as promoting near zero waste practices. Given the fact that the art world's boomed in many different ways, come from museums and public institutions to the kind of private fairs and commercial galleries, and the carbon footprint of the art world is getting out of control. It's time to rein it back, and you'll hear more from her on that later. Cool. We've got loads of guest recordings, as usual, from various poets and novelists. We've got some great music lined up that we've had sent in to us. Um, Who have you got, Selena? Well, I've got some amazing stuff coming up. I've got an exclusive from Inua Elams, and I've also got something coming in from Caleb Femi. Um, but what's coming up next? I'm going to be doing my roundup from the spoken word poetry world. Um, so I'm going to start off with events, and then I'll do content and releases. And I'll try and speak slowly because I'll get dead excited by this. Um, so if you're a writer um, at any stage in your career, next week is the National Creative Writing Industry Conference. Usually it's in Manchester, um, but obviously it's online now. So that's from the 26th to the 30th. Um, and they've got loads of amazing uh, workshops and um, speeches and stuff like that, including a keynote speech by Irena Sinokoje, who we featured on this show before. So you should check that out. Uh, it's been run by Comma Press, who are a great press in Manchester. Um, Apples and Snakes, they're bringing their At Home series back. So series three um, is actually called Home and it showcases black and brown artists living in England. Uh, episode one is on the 5th of November at 7pm and it features Casey Bailey, Ioni Smallhorn, um, a commission by John Bernard and it's hosted by Bridget Minimore. So that's one to keep your eye on, uh, Apples and Snakes. Um, the Forward Prizes for Poetry 2020, their ceremony is online tomorrow at three o'clock. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, it'll be online to watch. So that's the Forward Prizes for Poetry. We get to hear all of the shortlisted poets and find out who the winners are. Um, that should be really exciting. Uh, Bad Betty are doing a double launch on the Monday the 2nd of November. So they're launching A Terrible Thing by Gita Rally and also Bad Betty Shots 3 with Victoria Adukwai Bully. Anita Patty, Jacqueline Safra, and Daisy Thurston Ghent. Um, and then on Thursday, the 12th of November, uh, Nims and Thugs are doing a big event with Tung Fu on Facebook Live. It's not been announced yet, but we've got some very, very special guests for that. So that's Tung Fu and Nims and Thugs doing a big Facebook Live event um, because they've got a new album coming out soon. I'll be speaking to Chris from Tung Fu later on. Um, as well as that, I should plug the Nims and Thugs Insta sessions every Tuesday, 7.30 till 8. Um, so content wise there's so much content out there at the moment it was really difficult for me to choose five things Um, Muddy Feet Poetry they produce fantastic content they upload um, a poetry video every week but as well as that they've started doing a chat show called The Awesome Poetry Show Um, episode 24 is the most recent one uh, and it features the repeat beat poet uh, Marge Piercy and Joshua Dehan so you should check that out they're called Muddy Feet Poetry they've got an amazing YouTube channel um, Manchester Libraries are doing a series of videos um, using the hashtag WeAreManchester. That's a celebration of black poets and spoken word artists. Um, in particular, there's a poem called Zimbabwe by Amandla Awetu, um, which is a beautiful poem, so you should check that out. Um, go to the Manchester Libraries YouTube channel because obviously WeAreManchester as a hashtag has been taken over recently thanks to Andy Burnham. 
Um, as well as that, Rachel Long is doing weekly poem videos for the University of Hertfordshire as part of their Black History Month programme. So if you go to Rachel Long's Twitter account, um, you'll find those videos. Um, Sweet212, they, they're a, an arts podcast and they recently had Jeremy Corbyn on. Um, and he was talking about his love for poetry and the arts and like obviously I personally love Corbyn but to hear him speak about poetry specifically like Pablo Nerida and stuff it was it was really really good um, and then finally Linton Quasi Johnson he recently won the Penn Pinter Prize um, and in particular he did an interview on Channel 4 News speaking about how um, a lot of the black community were trying to integrate into British community in the 60s and how they just weren't allowed because of racism it's such a powerful interview Oh, okay. Um, so releases, I've picked out so a couple of releases. Um, Inua Ellums, we're going to hear from Inua later on. He's uh, just published a book called The Actual on Pens in the Mar- Penned in the Margins. A symphony of personal and political fury. It's 55 poems which unleash a full-throated assault on the empire and its legacies of racism, injustice and toxic masculinity. Victoria McNulty, who we featured last month, she's just published her second collection, which is called Exiles, and it's on speculative books. Um, A quote here, with choice words that resonate long after spoken and a four-yard stare that would leave an impression on steel, McNulty is an overdue dose of social reality for a Scottish poetry scene disappearing up its own arse. Um, That's a quote by Loki. Cynthia Rodriguez has just published a collection called Meanwhile on Burning Eye Books. Um, Dean Atta said that Cynthia is, um, she unflinchingly turns a mirror to self, to Britain, and what it means to be a migrant and a citizen, fearful and fearless. Uh, Verve Poetry Press have just released four pamphlets this week. Carrie Atta with the short shooting gallery, Helen Calcutt with Somehow, Shazia Karaishi with The Taxidermist, and also Louise Fazakali, but I plugged that last month. Um, Adam Kamerling, he's got his collection called Seder out on Outspoken. You can pre-order that now. And finally, uh, Nine Archers Press have just released a list of their 12 authors for 2021. And it includes some wonderful poets, including Kate Fox and Caleb Parkin. That's my roundup. That is some roundup, Matt. Wow. That is a thorough roundup of poetry. There's so much going on. Yeah. Even though everyone's in lockdown. So are we going to hear a poet now? I think we're going to hear um, something from Madeline. Yeah, Madeline Kinsella recently did an Insta session. So we've got two poems back to back. The first one is called Mother Tongue and the second one is called Dirt, which is D-E-R-T because of how she pronounces it. That's how she spells it. At birth, I sobbed. The metal rod steaming red, branded my tongue, bruised me with flaw, etched cackles onto my taste buds. My tongue burns every night, muscle memory. In the day she is senseless and sharp, asbestos mouth, my vows wide as wide, tiny rusted hooks pull my lips taut. The branding tool scolds us all with accent, steel alloy, Celtic and Lancashire. The midwives keep it in the storage cupboard between nappies and starch blankets. I carry this city in my mouth, gargle here, spit here out, cough here up and scrape here off the cobbles, cradle here in my tongue curls. I bring her TV fuzz on every sentence until each day ends. She is grateful and to thank me she burns. She bends in the back of my throat. Dirt, a substance that soils this city, the state of us girls, 
have dirt on our tongues and no soap to wash it out. In science, I look down my blouse, waiting to become a woman, to be validated by touch like the lab rats we dissected. This makes a girl a dirt, a slut, for wanting, panting. A woman needs convincing, coercing, reasonable force. Boards up houses mark dirty streets. This is my home. I am the dirt, where women before me have settled like dust mounting the TV stand, and from the dirt I will rise. Strangle cruise and a sweet sound. Okay. 
one of my picks for autumn the fantastic claire nicholson what a joy to hear claire nicholson in the house and to hear new work this track was called bones it's her new single um bones was written by donald ross skinner who uh, is from julian cope and paul kennedy from salad and produced by claire and donald it's a powerful poignant song with words that scatter through it it will linger in your mind long with the gritty unmistakable sound of donald's guitars and also that unmistakable rock blues soul that, that you get with a Claire Nicholson song, the swirling husky vocals. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much, Claire Nicholson, for sending that over. You can find it, uh, Claire Nicholson, on Bandcamp and her website is www.clairenicholson.com and that's Nicholson without an H. Great to have you on the show, Claire. Send us more as you make them. Okay, what's coming up next? Next, we were going to chat about Lisa Lux. Ah, oh, yes. Another dear friend of ours. Our friend, the poet, great poet, Lisa Lux, is currently in Beirut. As soon as the explosion happened in August, she went straight out there on the, on the first plane out there. She phoned me. We had, the, we had a phone conversation and I was very much the worried auntie wringing my hands, um, you know, with COVID, with everything. Are you sure it'll be safe? But there was no talking her out of it. She's so brave and so courageous and I look up to her so much and I hope that she's safe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she was born there, wasn't she? I guess she had a sense of urgency. Yeah, she's got family connections there and she's been there writing her story and finding um, her other half of herself because, yeah. you know, and sort of retracing her heritage um, and, and so just been pulling together poets and, and just being so amazing out there. What, what else um, can you tell me about that? She's been out there for two months and she's already raised enough money to help over 50 households and she's set up um, a mental health uh, workshops for activists and she secured funding for a, a new women's unit as well so she's doing incredible work out there she's so brave and I think she's taking donations through PayPal if you find Lisa Lux on Twitter you'll find all the latest information and I think there's something specific about this situation where individuals are asking for money to be sent directly to them because some um, there's some kind of lack of trust over the government organisations there I mean clearly after the explosion itself yeah. um so um, while you might not usually think, oh, great, I'll send PayPal someone some cash, mm. 
Um, with Lisa, you can trust that it will be going where she says it will be going. Yeah, totally. Um, and there was the Dipped in Song fundraising event uh, recently in response to what happened in Beirut, which you were involved in. So yeah, I, I, I contributed to that. That was an amazing event. Um, so powerful and such amazing poetry. Um, and I, I, I was really, you know, honoured to be asked to be part of it. Yeah, it was a stunning lineup, um, and we've actually got a poem from one of the poets that was involved in that, Ariwa Saab. Um, she was born in in Lebanon. Uh, she lives in London now. Um, she's an incredible young poet. She's one of the Barbican young poets, and she's written this poem in response to what happened. Oh, this is beautiful. Let's have this. In some moments, I forget. In others, I open a chat that talks about what percentage of people our age are leaving. The chat is in June. The last word is disaster, and she's still pondering her options. I wonder how much feeling is stored in rock, how the word broken smells, and whether my city reeks. If back then, whenever then was, sorrow was a choice. How metallic privilege tastes as how one might describe blood, whether anyone can look at a pink cloud again and think pretty. We scatter across the world as if a bird could reverse building her nest. Each one of us twigs dislocated. And sometimes I hear joy. It is no less simple than a phone call or a voice note. And every now and then I'll vow to learn physics to figure out how your voice carries on the airwaves. Then I'll gather them into my pillowcase and hold them until I fall asleep. Un beau jour. Ou peut-être une nuit. Strange enchanted 
painted boy They say he traveled very far Very far Over land and sea A little child And sad of But very wise Was he Day he passed my way, and though we spoke of many things, fools and kings, this he said to me the greatest thing you'll ever learn. Just to love and be loved in return To Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio, and that was Nature Boy by Ollie Spleen. Absolutely mesmerizing track. I love it so much. Um, Ollie has just continued to make work throughout lockdown. Um, he's releasing a, a, an EP, sorry, an EP of a cover uh, of cover songs. Nature Boy is one of the tracks. It's in collaboration with Bird Eats Baby. The EP is called The Eagle and the Dove. Um, I've known Ollie since he was seven. We met in Hastings over 20 years ago. He's an independent artist whose work, ethic, passion and determination I've always admired. He's currently living in Brighton, uh, where he still writes and performs with his two bands, Pink Narcissus and Spleen. Ollie Spleen is the mother of invention. I find his creations intriguing and extraordinary. I was so excited to be sent this new track from the new EP, The Eagle and the Dove. So it looks here like Ollie Spleen has pushed himself further than ever and appears to have reinvented himself yet again. Um, the original track by Nat King Cole, but I really think Ollie's just done such an amazing cover of that track. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. So that's one of my top tips for this month. Go and find Ollie Spleen on Bandcamp, on Facebook and Twitter. Okay, so now I'm going to do some of my book recommendations. Okay, so the first um, book that's been sent is Slam. You're going to want to hear this. This is Poems Chosen by Nikita Gill. Um, and that's just come out and has just arrived on my doormat. And it's an amazing selection of poets that you love and know like Raymond Antrobus and Dean Atta and also some new poets too. Also on my book pile I'm loving Rachel Long's My Darling from The Lions. I'm also still enjoying and getting through Safia Sinclair's Cannibal. I think that's amazing, beautiful poetry. Also new from Rough Trade Books we've got Four Brown Girls Who Write. And have you just seen this? It's just such a beautiful thing. You fold it out, you can't see on the radio, but you fold it out <laughs> 
And, it's, and you've got these four beautiful books. One is purple, one is orange, Aww. one is pink and one is yellow. Four brown girls who write are a poetry collective and sisterhood made up of Roshni, Sharon, Sheena and Sunna. The collective was born on the waters of the Thames in 2017 where Sheena gathered friends on a boat to share in creativity and vulnerability. I think this is an amazing collection. The four of them together are so strong. So look out for that. That's over on Rough Trade Books. Also Rough Trade Books just released Stress Test, um, which is based on their radio show, which is on Mondays, I believe, on Soho Radio. And that's... um, where people have to make up the poem live on air and it's hosted by Joe Dunthorne, Martha Spratlin and John Osborne and so these are some of the poems that people have made up on air. Okay so there's some of my poetry picks and next up I would like to talk to you about Caleb Femi. Wow this book poor it's amazing it's absolutely beautiful the I've got it in my hands now it's beautiful photography and poetry and it's just fantastic Caleb Femi was raised on the North Peckham estate in South London he's a poet and director who uses film photography and music to explore the boundaries of poetry on the page in performance and in digital media he's written and directed short films for the BBC and Channel 4 and poems for Tate Modern the Royal Society of Literature Simp- Paul's Cathedral and The Guardian and more. He's been featured in the Dazed 100 list of the next generation shaping youth culture. From 2016 to 2018, he served as the Young People's Laureate for London. This is his first collection. It's called Poor and we're going to hear the first poem titled Barter. Poor, written and read by Caleb Femi. Part one, Barter. Give me your face and I'll give you mine. Give me your benefit of the doubt and I'll give you my doubt of innocence. Give me your milk and I'll give you my sand. Give me your neat nails and I'll give you my exoskeleton. I think I know where to find my mother's mother's skin scattered like dust mite in the wind. If I gather them all, will you take them and give me your pristine family tree? The steely chic of my block is nice this time of year. You're welcome to stay there if I can stay in your home. I mean your small holiday home in Costa Blanca. Once I pulled my tonsil out of my mouth with my thumb and index finger. I was reaching for my voice box. I rarely use it to its full potential. I would say its condition is nearly brand new. Take it for when you need to rap hip hop songs. I'm a superhero with the power of invisibility. Problem is, I haven't quite got the handle of it yet. At the worst times, I become invisible. At the worst times, I become visible. I loved the girl so much it eroded my skin. I loved her until she swelled to her brink. I loved her so much that one night during sex, I cried and my tears filled up to the ceiling. And she, not being able to swim, drowned. 
And that was Caleb Femi, uh, reading from Poor with an opening piece uh, titled Barter. Okay, continuing my top tips for um, autumn, I've been sent a proof copy of Diary of a Film by Niven Govindan. I really hope we get Niven on the show. Um, he was on the show with his last book and he's such a beautiful writer. So this is coming out next year. This is with Dialogue Books. It's a novel about cinema, flanners and queer love. It's about the sometimes troubled, sometimes ecstatic creative process and the toll it takes on its makers. But this is also a novel about stories and the ongoing question of who has the right to tell them. I'm really excited about this book. I'm going to be getting stuck into that this week. Also, I've been sent, on a slightly lighter note, I've been sent The Secret Political Advisor. And this is the unredacted files of the man in the, ne uh, the man in the room next door. This is Michael Spicer. I don't know if you've been following Michael Spicer on Instagram or Twitter, but the book just came out with Canongate. It's absolutely beautiful. It's brilliantly laid out. And I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into that. Mr. Cadmus by Peter Aykroyd also just, uh, just arrived on my doormat. This looks beautiful. This is Peter Aykroyd writing a story about Mr. Cadmus. He's charming, mysterious and owns a pet parrot. Where he goes, the shadow of death follows. Now, I'm interested because that sounds very Mrs. Deathy to me. So I'm really interested. I love a bit of death in a book. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. And I've just started reading Luster by Raven Lelani. Also looking it's getting a lot of buzz and i'm very excited about it um she's such a fantastic writer it's razor sharp provocatively page turning and full of heart in luster raven delivers an irresistible debut about what it means to be young today so yeah another book that i'm really into at the moment okay so next wednesday i'm doing an event on um, Zora Neale Hurston. And I'm very excited about it. I'll be in conversation with the Black Girls Book Club and Jackie Kay, and it's in collaboration with the British Library and the Royal Society of Literature. You can still get tickets now. It's Wednesday evening, Wednesday the 28th of October. So a lot of my time has been reading and rereading all of the books um, and the short stories of Zora to prepare for that. And my last little top tip is um, the same boat or just same boat, poems on poverty and lockdown. I donated a poem to this. It's for a good cause, church action on poverty. And again, going back to our conversation earlier about Marcus Rashford, it's uh, all about fighting poverty and uh, trying to get people fed. So look out for same boat. Um, it's on my Instagram with more details about that. So I'm now going to share some work from Inua Elams. Born in Nigeria, Elams is a UK-based poet, playwright and performer who's written for the Royal Shakespeare Company, the National Theatre and the BBC. His latest play, an adaption of Chekhov's Three Sisters, set in Nigeria, is on at the National Theatre until the 19th of February. The actual is Elam's fifth poetry release and first full collection. After 13 fairy negro tales with Flipped Eye and Candy Coated Unicorns and Converse All-Star, which is also out with Flipped Eye. I'm really excited that he's recorded this for us. Here is an exclusive, exclusive piece from the actual, and this is Fuck Batman. <laughs> The original source of the virus causing coronavirus disease 2019 is believed to be bats. 
as in some other coronavirus pandemics. B. Now, a new study B. that the fierce immune responses that allow bats to host viruses without getting sick may in turn drive those viruses to spread more quickly inside them. Banks! Ooh. You have to hear this. You just have to. Come, 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 come. So when the viruses jump to other mammals with average immune systems, including humans, they wreak deadly havoc. The researchers infected bat cells with virus and matched their experiments with mathematical models. The models show this faster spread rate countered by the bat immune response. Next now step, you believe a more me. formal model of virus evolution and bat immune systems to better understand the pathology upon spillover to other animal and human hosts. See? Bats? All these people, because of the winged rats. Someone should do something. What about the bats? Yeah, like a wealthy billionaire should. Is this like, about go Batman again? No, I was actually thinking about Bill Gates. Because your obsession with him is weird. It's not about the Dark Knight. Finura, <laughs> you need to stop putting your faith in extremely privileged white men. The Batman uses his privilege to help people. No, the Batman uses his privilege to weaponize his childhood fantasy and his white savior complex in tights. No, his parents were killed. He tries to stop that happening to anyone. They were innocent victims innocent. who were shot. His father was a billionaire who used his wealth and political connections to eliminate his enemies. He was not innocent. He created a power vacuum, which his son inherited, and uses to cast a shadow over Gotham, frightening everyone. He frightens people for a reason, uses fear as a weapon, because when he was young, he fell into a cave and got scared and, and learned it's from- the legacy and cycle of violence. Any decent psychology student will tell you that a high proportion of abusers were victims of abuse. Batman is abusing civilians. Yet he got scared, and so he scares. Psychological trauma 101. The thing is, he's aware. He actually knows all this, and still he carries on with billions. Billions. No, he's more nuanced a than A billionaire, the... you know. Hmm. To make that much money? Do you know how many people his father must have exploited? Uh, his boots on the neck of every citizen. Capitalism. Instead of funding public health programs that focus on rehabilitating criminals and crime prevention, better education for children, and after-school programs sure. for the at-risk ones, his son swings around in leather, beating up the poor or intellectually disabled who were driven to crime. Yes, but fair. And, and the only reason why he lets half his face show is so police officers know he's a white man. No, no. Because if Bruce Wayne was Barack Williams, he'd have been killed a long time ago. I... I never saw it like that. Bruce Wayne would not help. No? No. This is his fault. What? The virus. Well, no, he's, he's not real. But if he was, right? Or if the virus was in the comics, he still wouldn't help. So Gotham is a nickname for New York. So if it happened as it did in real New York, then yeah, prob probably not. Fuck. Fuck him. Fuck Batman. Batman? Yeah. No, you mean Bruce Wayne? Him too. He's supposed to be able to help. It's supposed to... All those comics promised that if... What? In comics, they promised. Batman? Yes! The promise was, should one fall into a cave of bats? 
Should one be engulfed by hundreds of beaten wings? Should one be beaten, scratched or bitten? One would emerge half human, half invincible enough to <laughs> sharpen are. fear down to a tight tooth weapon with which to gnaw the criminal urban underworld down to poppy nothings protecting us all. <laughs> what are the you promise about? was should an animal's essence seep into a child. Knowing what damage loose power brews, he would accept himself as host, his body a fleshy petri dish to guide its mutation to goodness. Instead, the promise turned ravenous. Yeah, I'm Left yeah. from host to host, country to country, blood to blood, its million teeth chewing through our simple lungs. We closed down our offices, it hung on our clothes. We fled from cities, it clung to our cars. We stayed in bed, it came for our dreams. A curdled crown, a rank coronation, a crude corroding of our inner sanctums. Our public spaces, our minute planning, our mapped out futures, horoscopes and forecasts, the dark parts of star charts, all emptied out to an assiduous stillness, the promise gorging on our numbed lives our startled terror. And when the promise retreated, it left its fangs in the skies, its claws in our pockets, its foul breath huffed between us in shocking lines, its warning to return should we seize vigilance to claim more from the survived. say petrol, you say gasoline, so how come some love says some grass is more green, or some hearts are unclean, or some pass kneels to the wrong queen, cheeks get slapped, fish are coded, tinderbox tongues locked and loaded, faith in flames, faith is flag, flogged, strip searched, told it's wrong, then love is bitter ash, bomb, mosque, bomb, synagogue, bomb, Pop concert, a torn sleeve, a child face, dust and blood, wailing mothers again, grief like oil in the throat. Gasoline kisses from explosive men, making of me a garden, a battlefield, a question. Kiss and misses, all us and men, making of me a cemetery, a vigil, a blessing. Bob. Favorite karaoke song. Dancing queen fills up armories. An arms dealer on a pinball machine. Scatter The apple drops. Or was it a grenade? Is it a stem or a pin that lays on the ground? Wait for a sound. Ricochet. What's it say on the ticket tape? Same shit, different day. What causes more explosions? Gasoline or apathy? Shatterproof glass menagerie Nobody's chosen to fight A stone in a hand A drone in the sky A home in a land Hope is a light Gasoline kisses From explosive men Making of me a garden A battlefield A question Kiss and misses All I
off buildings no longer standing and hills that have seen too much here there are names and prayers only names and prayers too many to utter too soon to forget 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 kisses from explosive men making of me a garden a battlefield a question The track you've just heard is called Scattershock by Tong Fu that came out yesterday. It features Amira Leon, Zia Ahmed, Rafif Ziada and Chris Redmond and I caught up with Chris earlier this week to speak about the album. Okay, so I'm joined by Chris Redmond from Tung Fu, who have a, a brand new album on the horizon. Uh, Chris, how are you doing? You all right? Hello, mate. Yes, I'm very well. Thank you so much for, for having me on. How are you? Oh, my pleasure. Um, we played the first single on uh, last month's show and it went down really well. Um, how are you feeling about the album in general? Uh, I'm so excited to f- have this album out. Uh, as as an offering uh, this year, it has been such an epic journey getting it this far. And I got the masters yesterday and listened to it all in its entirety in its finished state for the first time. And I had a little cry. And uh, it, it's it's so lovely. It's so good. It's so strong. The people on it uh, are amazing. Uh, and yeah, I'm just thrilled to have it finally as an as an offering. Um, I want it to go out in the world and do some work now. Yeah, that must have been quite an amazing experience listening to it all back. Um, how long has it been in the making? Uh, it's about three and a half years. So um, <laughs> I I did a show in Edinburgh uh, in 2016, and that took about three years to get to get it to its finished state with Anna Freeman. And when I was coming back on the train, I was like, I want to do something fast this time. I don't want to spend another three years on a project. I'm going to bash out a funding application, get some amazing writers together. We're going to write, and then we're going to get in the studio. We're like within a month, we're going to make an album. We're going to get out next year. <laughs> and then like, yeah, that didn't really work. We did all that. We did all that, but then that wasn't enough to finish the record. And then I was like, oh, uh, okay, I need to find some more money now and so there were pauses we haven't worked at it solidly for three and a half years so we might put it down for six months and then pick it up again okay let's give it another boost of energy and time and uh yeah i had no idea it was going to be such a massive process but we've involved quite a lot of people i've made it difficult for myself um uh so it's a bit like herding cats um herding poets herding poets yeah yeah herding poets is worse than herding cats um you know all about 
Yeah, but that must, I mean, I suppose creatively as well, that gives the project a little bit of time to breathe and then different people come on board and... Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think like anything, um, although, although my want and my impulse was to do something quite quickly, it, it, I realised in that process that if we're going to do this, then I have to submit to the time that it's going to take to do it. And, you know, it's like anything when you record or you write something, you come back to it after a little while and you see it with fresh eyes objectively and you see the flaws in it and you go, okay, I know what we need to do now. And actually sometimes it was a case of that track isn't working. I love that, but I've got, we've got to remove it. And if we're removing it, then we need more stuff to replace it. And so, yeah, we literally just finished the last track, uh, a couple of months ago. So that's the time scale, but you want it to kind of be reflective of, of the time. So you've got to be able to be nimble enough to sort of, respond to what's happening and create something that feels necessary now and not just like this is what happened three years ago um yeah (laughs) i think it's impossible as an artist to sometimes to know when to walk away in it and knowing that it's a time capsule i think is the one thing that lets you do it yeah yeah absolutely and um i i listened to the masters yesterday and there were one or two things i like i i could asked if we could go back in and just tweak that and then i was like no do you know what this is what it is this is what it is like the whole thing is wonderful let it be because yeah you can just keep tinkering can't you you can keep tinkering but um thankfully there are deadlines in place to stop me tinkering anymore (laughs) so who have you got involved and you might not be able to reel off everybody but give us a a bit of a taste there yeah yeah okay so um so the the process I wanted it to be more than just a kind of series of sort of party pieces by individual poets. I wanted it to be cohesive and that was important at the outset that we did writing together. And so there are a number of collaborative pieces. So we've got like, for example, a a track between uh, Disraeli and Vanessa Kisule. Uh, He also collaborates with a guy called Kweku Saki, um, who is an amazing kind of Ghanaian uh, rapper, poet, singer. Um, we've also got Amira Leon, uh, sort of New Yorker, who lived in London for a couple of years, and we did lots of lovely work with her. We've got Anthony Anaxagoru, Joshua Edehen, Zia Ahmed, Rafif Zirda. Um, you know, there's a, it's quite a cast. It's quite a cast of collaborators. Yeah. It's stunning. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. And then there's the musicians as well. So we've got our kind of regular fellas who, who, who do the Chung Fu gigs. Arthur and Pat and Rian, but then we got sort of some amazing backing vocalists in and we've got a guy called Matt Bourne to do some strings and we've got another guy called Matt Brown to do some percussion. So it was like, you know, it's like a jigsaw, isn't it? You kind of keep building and going, ah, that really needs, that really needs filling out. That needs to be more cinematic. That needs to be pared down. And uh, yeah, it's just been a lovely process. Yeah, so I was going to say, for for anybody who's not lucky enough to have been to a Tung Fu event, like what is... Tung Fu. Yeah, so Tung Fu is uh, a show that we've been doing for 13 years, uh, which is all about improvisation. So there's never a rehearsal. Poets uh, come to the stage with a piece, with pieces that are pre-prepared, but they say to the band, you know, this is about my grandmother. She lived in Glasgow in the 1950s and smoked 40 a day and listened to Ella Fitzgerald. Can you make a soundtrack for her, but also add a little bit of the specials in there? And then the band have to kind of conjure something up. Uh, So it's an experiment in collaboration and risk-taking and trust in front of an audience. And that is where the, that's where the, 
work for the album started but it then became a much more considered and crafted and produced sort of process so everything starts with improvisation but in this case we wanted to then hone that and um the thing is about a live improvised gig is like if something doesn't work it's over in a second and people remember the good people remember the the, the you know the jaw dropping moments they go how have you done that how did they meet, read each other's minds like that and those are the bits that you come away thinking about but if you put that on a record you don't want people listening to the kind of duff bits over and over again so you know you, you sort of have to sort of wheedle those out um yeah not that we have many duff bits but it's a different process yeah so in a way it's the complete opposite but at the same time it's exactly the same principles and projects which is fascinating i think yeah we've learned a lot from it i think we'd do it differently um if we did it again um which i hope we do but i think yes there has to be an improvisation at the at the heart of it it has to come from that kind of that moment of risk um because that's where the spark comes from and that's where it feels alive and then the, our job is to try and maintain that sense of spark and aliveness but then just you know add on the layers of kind of you know whatever else it needs to sort of fill out that idea yeah and then release it in the midst of a global pandemic perfect well <laughs> <laughs> yeah with no we gigs on the horizon with no gigs on the horizon to sell it at. Uh, it makes perfect sense. It's a brilliant business opportunity. Uh, everyone knows the in music industry is in great shape for independence. No, but in a way though, much as you didn't plan this, you've brought something that is quintessentially Tung Fu in a world where your stage version of Tung Fu effectively can't exist. It's, it's a very strange blessing that having this time um, where I'm not rushing around the country in the way that I usually am has allowed me the opportunity to get this finished um, and kind of yeah. invest that energy that I would usually invest in booking shows and promoting and running around and hustling and all, all of that stuff. I was just gone, you know what, I want to pour it into this. It's time to get this done now. And, and yeah, and also we're at home more. We need good stuff to kind of... In, you know, inspire us, light little fires, connect us, and whether that's reading or listening or, or, or whatever. And hopefully this is what the offering is. It's like here, you know, have, have some heart, have, have, have all these amazing people. Um, yeah, I hope, I hope that's what it does. That's all I hope for it. It just does some work for people and uh, is of some value in this peculiar time. I reckon it will be. So uh, what do we need to know? When's it out? What's it called? Where do we get it? Yeah, so there's a, there's a track called Scattershock, which is out this weekend with Rafif, Zia uh, Ahmed, Amira and me, um, which is a bit of a beast of a... It's like a pop poetry. It's, a, it's the poppiest one on the album, but it's about bombs in the arms trade. So weird balance. Um, and there's a, there's a video that's going to be out for that. And then the album itself comes out on the 27th of November. Um, and we'll be doing it digitally. We're going to make a little book that goes with it so people can buy the words as well as the album. And then there's going to be a record as well, a vinyl, which I think, unfortunately, will come a little bit down the line because there are massive delays in the pressing plants because of COVID. But, um, yeah, 27th of November. Cool. Well, it's something fun to look forward to. Uh, it's called Boat Building. The, the Sorry, mate. Building. Fantastic. Um, yeah, something for us to look forward to. That's brilliant. I hope so. Um, well, thanks, Chris. Thanks for your time. Thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to hear it. Thank you thanks, very much. Thank you so much. Um, have a great day. 
You're tuned in to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio with Selena Gordon, Anna Rose Abrams and Matt Abbott. Tune in once a month for our take on art, books, poetry and music, all laced with a little bit of activism. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Roaring Twenties Radio and find all previous episodes in your podcast provider. Says life's like death on two legs. She's finding it hard to breathe. Phil says emergency services come, but not till you're tested by watching your firstborn bleed. Terry and Julie can't meet on the bridge like they used to. No, it just won't fade Their kids, kids are just well But don't understand Why they can't play the Xbox The Xbox, the Xbox all day
was Tim Arnold with his new single, Nothing on Earth, from the new album, When Staying Alive's The Latest Craze. Following his collaboration with Iggy Pop and Album Retrospective at London's Roundhouse in 2017, UK singer-songwriter Tim Arnold returns with a new album, When Staying Alive's The Latest Craze. It's coming out on November the 6th. You'll find him on Bandcamp and streaming, and it's on CD and vinyl. Um, John Higgs, who I'm a great fan of, has given us a great boost and a beautiful little write-up. John Higgs says, it's a new and different world seems to arrive every few days on average now and we can be forgiven if much of our mental capacity is spent trying to navigate this there is a danger that what we saw at the start will be forgotten when our lives and values were presented back to us in magnified clarity should this happen when saying our lives the latest craze will help Arnold went deep into the unified and the universal, so you'll find your own personal portrait here. I think that's a beautiful piece of writing there from John Higgs, talking about Tim Arnold's latest single. And coming up next, another one of my top picks and one of my favourites, the fantastic Elvis McGonagall with a new track. Again, Elvis making work during lockdown, keeping, keeping us going with his wry and witty and funny and brilliant and excellent poetry. Elvis McGonagall, Scottish poet, armchair revolutionary. Viva Loch Lomond was published with Burning Eye in 2017 and complete and utter cult is coming soon, also with Burning Eye Books. So here's something new from Elvis. Who do I think I am? I'm the badass bad, fresh out of the box. My brain is bigger than Mr. Sparks. I'm the rebel, renegade mastermind. Special, like Asda, one of a kind. I don't want to brag, I don't want to boast, but check out my hoodie, I'm sex on toast. I'm a hip hop pet cat technocrat, I'm Jesus Christ in a beanie hat. I never tuck my shirt into my jeans, I'm ahead of my time, like Milton Keynes. I'm a barn filler in a body warmer, yeah, I'm as hot as chicken coma. Satan loves me, cause I'm diabolical, I'm Rasputin with challenge follicles. I'm Machiavelli, I'm Svengali, I'm an angry egg by Salvador Dali. I'm intergalactic, iconoclastic, Uber Cumberbatch bro, yo, fantastic. I'm the zookeeper for the Tory chimps, I got all the negatives, bring out the gimps. I'm your uncrowned king, I pull the strings I'm a fly guy, you can't clip my wings I'm above the law, you're beneath my score Gonna park my think tank on your lawn I'm the meat con man with a pandemic plan Gonna sweep the weak into the trash can Gonna get eugenic when push comes to shove I'm Dr. Strangelove's black leather glove I lurk in the murk of your worst nightmare Gonna smash the system like Robespierre I'm the chaos monkey, play it funky When I eat a kid, cat is gonna be chunky I dig intelligence that's artificial The judiciary's whack, they're prejudicial They can't touch me, I do as I please I get my kicks from Thucydides My bitch is rich, she's aristocratic I'm anti-elite, that's axiomatic I can see the future 
Nietzsche, am Superman. Ich fahr nach Dorumtown auf der Autobahn. I get it done, I deliver the goods. I dance to Abba in the Bluebell Woods. Strap up more foes at the BBC. I'm the daddy, don't you dare diss me. They call me classic dumb, not classic dick. So fuck you all, I'm a dangerous prick. That was Roaring Twenties radio favourite Elvis McGonagall. And now we're going to hear my interview done, well, yesterday morning, Friday morning, with um, amazing arts journalist Louisa Buck about the Gallery Climate Coalition, which launched on Thursday. Um, okay. Hello, um, Louisa Buck. Welcome to Roaring Twenties radio. Um, Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on. You're here to talk about the Gallery Climate Coalition. But first, introducing you to our listeners, Louisa Buck is a wonderful journalist, much respected, much loved, and contemporary art correspondent for the art newspaper. But um, we're here to talk about the Gallery Climate Coalition, which is an initiative, um, I think, kind of getting the art world to look at its consumption in, rela in relation to the climate emergency. I think when I tell people how much I used to travel in my job, they're often very shocked. And I think probably the art world isn't as bad as fashion, which is probably the worst offender. Um, maybe music comes up second, but I think the art world comes up close behind. I think it's about the sheer movement of goods, of people, and then the whole kind of knock-on effect of kind of visitors and the carbon footprint of these massively growing institutions and fairs. So how did it all start with the Gallery Climate Coalition, Louisa? Well, it all started, you'll hate me for saying this, but it was the gallerist Thomas Dane who, <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to keep a low profile on all this because it is very much a team effort now, but it was Thomas's instigation and he felt, um, along with many of his colleagues in the art world in informal conversations, that um, not enough was being done to tackle the collective environmental impact of all this flying around, biennales, triennales, art fairs, artworks being shipped all over the place. I mean, you know, I'm old enough to be in the art world for you know, decades, and it has exploded into this kind of, you know, global economy with many different art worlds and art markets, which requires, you know, steaming amounts of carbon footprints. I mean, journos like you and me are, are really kind of, you know, tip of the iceberg. I mean, yeah. we travel around enough. So I think he was very concerned about this, felt that something ought to be done. There was a sense of not, again, through informal conversations with, with, with you know, like-minded colleagues, because actually, although art dealers all compete and, you know, work, work, work to make money for their artists and themselves, it's actually quite a collegial community as well with the better art dealers. You know, they do really, the galleries do all very much talk amongst each other. And, and so he, he, they were talking about this, and they felt that you know, this wasn't, there wasn't information out there to make some kind of, you know, active difference and 
so it was born out of that. And Thomas originally thought he, he wanted to get a whole load of art world professionals, gallerists, people within the art world together for a kind of day-long seminar to talk about this and brainstorm and try and think about ideas. And then, of course, COVID happened, and that absolutely wasn't going to any travelling anywhere was, was off the menu. And also, we kind of thought, actually, didn't really seem like a very good, sustainable thing to be doing for all of us to travelling out of town <laughs> to have a, have, a, have a meeting. So, you know, over lockdown, we had these weekly meetings, and by then, the Listen Gallery had come on board, Sadie Coles had come on board, Kate McGarry... Um, you know the, the 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 whole Heath Heath Lounge of Thomas Dane yeah. was a real kind of amazing linchpin here, um, and then Peter Chater of Art Logic, uh, Matthew Slotter and Victoria Siddle of Freeze, and, and so on. So people, you know, people gradually joined up through conversations, through talking. Daisy Garner, a journalist, um, and a, a friend of mine, and Thomas's, um, we all kind of came on board and just sort of brainstormed as to what we could do, and we increasingly thought what we needed was you know proper tools for people to be able to make some kind of active monitoring of what they're doing and change. So the idea of the website evolved with different headings under shipping, travel, energy in, energy out, packaging, and also, crucially, a carbon calculator, where yeah. you could actually input data um, and, and get some kind of estimate as to what, what your carbon footprint was. And this was developed by this um, environmental scientist, Danny Shivers, with, with Peter Chater of Art Logic, the tech firm that does a lot of the websites for, for galleries across the, art, across the art market. And they, basically, Thomas Dane and Kate McGarry had had a carbon audit with, with Danny. And using the data from that, that then fed into making this carbon calculator. So what you've got now with the Gallery Climate Coalition is you've got this, this carbon calculator free for anybody who logs onto the website. And the website also has different headings with information about how to, you know, rein in your your air miles, your, your packaging, how to be more sustainable generally. And we want that to be updated all the time. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a you know, a multi-pronged beast, really. <laughs> but but it, it came out of you know it came out of one individual deciding to talk to, talking to his colleagues and deciding that something needed to be done and hopefully you know this will gather momentum. We've had a huge response already when the website went live yesterday. Brilliant! So it's so exciting. It is very exciting, and I've had a go on the website. It's very very easy to understand and easy to use. You could very quickly get an impression of what your footprint was, either as an individual or as a company. Oh, thank you for that, because we work really hard at it. And, you know, we're all volunteers. All of us have got day jobs, you know, whether it's art fairs to run, galleries to run, or in my case, just a family to feed with journalism, you know. So we've all done it voluntarily. And, you know, it's it's we work hard at the website because we don't want it just to be big galleries. It can be galleries of all sizes, artists, individual artists, artist studios, organisations. And we really want this to kind of, you know, go as, as, as wide and broad as it possibly can. Absolutely. And I kind of think, but also we've had a kind of a test run, a kind of dummy run this year. Obviously not ideal conditions for anybody yeah. on any level, but it has been quite eye-opening, not to be constantly traveling even just as an individual um because you think that the world's going to grind to a halt and in some ways it you know had to by lockdowns and things like that but really it's been interesting to see how people have made things work well i think this is it you know i mean all 
I mean, the art industry, you know, by, by its nature, it's creative. People are creative. <laughs> People work out solutions. Or it's artists finding ways to pursue their practice, get their work seen or indeed sold in the case of, of you know, um, artist support pledge um yes. yeah, a whole other market evolved during during lockdown and so yeah i mean god no one wants a global pandemic but i do think covid did as you say make the art world sit back take stock cut back on its traveling you know go online much more work out resourceful ways and also be much more collegiate you know again yes. i think this this climate coalition comes out of a sense of all of us realising, you know, we're all in the sector together. It's a domino effect. If, 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 if big galleries don't do well, that trickles down to smaller galleries. Smaller galleries, individuals, artists, collectors, they are the lifeblood. If there's no art, there's no art market. <laughs> yes. So artists have to be supported. Freelancers have to be supported. And, you know, if we can rein in and restock for a pandemic, we really should be doing it for the climate crisis. Because not that I'm in any way belittling COVID, but, you know, the climate crisis is something that is huge, ongoing, irrevocable yeah. if we don't get our act together soon. So it's the greatest catastrophe that's, that's facing us sort of, you know, since goodness knows when. Exactly, exactly. I, I'm 100% with you on that. It's, you know, it's not going anywhere. In fact, it's kind of it's accumulating with time. So we need to act. And um, another thing that I thought was really fantastic about the website was all the interviews and things that you can watch if you're just going on there as a visitor. Like a wonderful interview that you've done with uh, Maria Balshaw, head of Tate, and um, Francis Morris, head of Tate Modern. So, well, um, we, we, we thank you. Well, again, we, we, we want this website to be lively. You know, these interviews, we've got five on at the moment, a fantastic one with John O'Connor, a wonderful artist who, you know, puts yes. the climate and indeed social and economic injustice and racial injustice at the centre of, of, of his work as well. Because, of course, they, all these elements, as, as we well know, are totally deeply intertwined and you cannot do one without the other. And the environmental movement has been a very kind of white movement to a great extent and yes. a very, you know, certain demographic where well, well, actually a very different demographic is actually directly affected by climate change so you know all these things we're very aware of so there's that there's Gary Hume another artist who, who's, who's made a huge change in his work by just having everything shipped by sea and not by air Francis and Maria I mean the institutions have really led the field you know you cannot be a portfolio organisation um, with Arts Council funding without having a carbon audit you know so public the public sector has already really been much more aware of, of, of the consequences of environmental change and trying to make a difference. So we wanted to get Francis, who's been particularly personally involved, and indeed Maria from Tate, Julie's Bicycle, of course, this amazing um, organisation that helps everyone audit and works with the Arts Council to do all these carbon audits uh, with Matthew Slotover. Um, so, you know, we went very much... And then we wanted a, an actual... Um, proper, you know, official environmentalists to talk as well. So we got Mark Linus to talk with Daisy Garnett. Now, all these people were going to be speakers or provisional speakers or be yeah. approached to be speakers for this day event. So, you know, we wanted to kind of keep that momentum and get that on the website. And we want many more films commissioned and many more. We've got a news page on the site, which we want people to add to in a more anecdotal, personal way mm -hmm. of, you know, good companies they think might need to, need supporting or organisations that we, we, we should be aware of. Of. So, that, you know, we want it to be a very lively website, not one that just sits there with sort of pompous, you know, declarations of how we've all got to clean our act up. Because, you know, we're all going to go on polluting, but we've just got to be aware about how much and make our own adjustments. Yeah, absolutely. It starts with us, you know, it starts with us individually, doesn't it? And then we yeah. all roll out. 
And um, yeah. and just so for the listeners, where can they go to for more information? So you have an Instagram. We have an Instagram, um, you know, Gallery Climate Coalition. Um, the website itself is, is you know, www.galleryclimatecoalition.org. Um, so, you know, those, those on Instagram, we're, we're regularly posting on Instagram. The website, Instagram, the two are the two main things, really. Um, yeah. And, yeah, go on the website. And, I mean, individually, you don't have to be in the art world to join up either. I mean, if, you're, if you've got a few quid in your pocket and you feel like being generous, yeah. you know, it's a not-for-profit any money made is, is plowed straight back in. We really want to employ somebody, <laughs> yes. hopefully full time, but at least part time, to keep the whole thing going. Because you know, all of us are a bit sort of stretched to the, stretched to the max now, yeah, and hopefully many more galleries are going to come on. So you know, it's 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 very open ended. It's very welcoming. It's very inclusive. Um, you don't have to have your name on the website as a benefactor if you don't want to be. You know, you can give a fiver. You can give five thousand pounds. I mean, it's every every little bit helps. And I mean, I feel that you know, this is something that's got to be ongoing and, and it was the way that we all felt because we're in this sector we're not we, we don't want to leave it it's not going to change um, you know unless we actually make it change and yes. you know we make adjustments and that's what this carbon calculator is about it's about individuals looking at oh my god we spend that much on international travel let's cut back on that or indeed Kate McGarry Gallery because she's one of our founder, founder members I mean she's made the decision that she's actually only going to do art fairs now that she can reach by train and that she can ship artworks to by road. Now, we're not saying that everyone should do that, but it's interesting that she has acted on the data that she got from her carbon order to think, this is what I want to do to make a difference in my gallery, you know? Exactly, exactly. And it's just about getting the information and acting on it, and then hopefully we can all move forward in a bit more of a holistic um, way that respects the planet and people in it a bit more. Um, yeah, we're also working with, you know, there's other organisations, there's Galleries Commit in New York, there's Art to Zero in America, there's probably God knows how many across Europe that we don't know about. And, you know, we very much want to kind of be, be, be as I keep using this word collegial and collegiate, but, you know, I really feel like it's about sharing information. Yes. We want to, in the future, organise webinars, seminars, you know, talks about all kinds of issues relating to this. You know, as I said, the social injustice, you know, all these different kinds of structural problems that, you know, if, if we all address it and air it and beat it out a bit hopefully you know changes can be made across the board wonderful well thank you so much louisa for speaking to me today and coming on the show um hopefully um i will see you out and about in the wide world as we get into it a little bit more well thanks so much for having me here and it's great to be able to talk about it see you soon i hope yes absolutely take care bye 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 sitting on the hill Side, watching all the people die. I'll feel much better on the other side of the road. I believe in magic. Why? Because it is so quick. I don't need power when I'm hypnotized. Look in my eyes. What are you seeing? I see. How do you feel? I feel real phony when my name.
life goes on here Day after day I don't know if I am living or if I'm supposed to be Sometimes my life is so I don't know if the third's the fourth or if the, the fifth's to fix Sometimes I deal with numbers And if you want to count me, count me was love with the red telephone right so here's my recommendations for galleries it feels like a while since i've done one um earlier this month we had freeze in london well there was no actual physical freeze so what we did have was a lot of exhibitions and happenings so if you head down to cork street on uh, in mayfair and you fancy seeing some free art free to see not free to buy that is um pop down there because there is a lot of good stuff there is um there are shows at waddington cousteau and there's a whole complex of galleries within this new development on cork street including exhibitions of denzel forrester at stephen friedman there is um 
a group show at Listen Gallery there. There is Martine Sims at Sadie Coles and um, Goodman Gallery, who are always there. These Those are temporary shows with the, where the galleries have set up there for six months, but Goodman Gallery is always in that location and they have a group show named after the Stevie Wonder track Living Just Enough for the City, Living Just Enough, and it's in reaction to the BLM protests and conversations we've been having. So it features a really good variety of artists, um, including um, Hank Willis-Thomas and Grada Colomba, Tabita Rosare and Nolan Oswald-Dennis. It's just a really, really great show dealing with different aspects of identity and of blackness, really. Um, And there's also Thomas J. Price as well, who is a fantastic artist and who's having a bit of a moment. He's part of the um, Windrush Commission that's going to be going up in Hackney next, next year that you may have read about. Um, other shows to check out. I haven't been to a huge amount because, well, <laughs> I can't. But um, there's Artemisia <clears throat> is the big show that's opened at the National Gallery this month and it runs until January, so you've got plenty of time to see it. She Artemisia Gentileschi was a 17th century artist living in Italy and as a woman, she was a trailblazer. Not only are her paintings just great paintings they tell stories of that time stories you know that people would paint of that time so myths and portraits from a female perspective which obviously is quite rare she herself um was a victim of trauma and came through it uh, but paints these quite you know people see them in different light but some of them i mean you could see them as revenge paintings against men quite easily um most you know kind of they're quite gory they're quite violent there's always a lot of drama in them they're very emotional they're fantastic paintings and this is her first show in the UK and obviously 17th century she's been waiting quite a long time uh she just is an undiscovered icon a wonderful result of part of this revolution where the art world is looking back at the canon and thinking where are all the women where are all the people of color And actually, the upside of that is that we're getting some wonderful discoveries and Artemisia Gentileschi is one of them. If you're going to spend money on a museum show, I suggest you go down and see that. You will not be disappointed. Another show I saw was the great um, R.I.P. Germain Dead Yard, which um, is at Cubit, which is an art collective and um, gallery. So it's got studios and a gallery space. And it's um, it's curated by Languid Hands, but it's by Luton-based artist R.I.P. Germain. And the name of the show is Dead Yard. Sorry, I've talked you into a riddle there. It's a fantastic show about being black and mourning. And it's a small show, just tucked away an angel. It's really, um, it's really wonderful. You can sit there, it's interactive. You can sit down, listen to accounts of mourning and death. And you can also just 
I suggest you just go down there. I don't really want to describe it too much. It's a great show and it's right in town in Angel. You could just pop in and out. I think you have to make an appointment. You can do that at cubitartists.org.uk. Another show I saw that was great was The Botanical Mind at Camden Art Centre. This, um, it's called, the full title is Botanical Mind, Art, Mysticism and the Cosmic Tree. This is right up my street. It's kind of bordering on psychotropic. There's art from Carl Jung. There's Carol Bove. There's Joseph Albers, Gemma Anderson, um, to name just a few. It's a huge, long list. And it's basically looking at plants and all the kind of surrealism, medicine and um, kind of psychological kind of ideas that surround plant life and botanical life you'll get lost in there it's a fantastic show um another couple of shows i would like to recommend are at listen gallery on um bell street so that is right in west london if you live near edgeware road this is one for you um the first one is law provost she is amazing kind of belgian artist it's all quite sexy there's a lot of stuff about erotic vegetables and boobs but she's also just made a really wonderful show where you leave your shoes at the door. It's wonderful for this time where you can just forget yourself, leave yourself behind. You're kind of guided through a wonderful world of Law Provo, which is just, I don't know, it's surreal and weird and wonderful. And you you lose yourself for, um you know, a few minutes there, which is nice. And then down the road at their other location down there is a show by Mary Course, and it's just aesthetically gorgeous. There's one painting that admits a kind of electrical field and um, they're just these shiny, gorgeous, they play with texture, the glittery, shiny, beautiful, aesthetically pleasing things, which, you know, we all need a bit of nowadays. Those are my art recommendations for this month. More coming up next month as more opens up. Um, thanks.
Uh, you've just heard Unfinished Sympathy by Massive Attack, which was one of my picks, and now we're going to have two poems. So first up is Gabriel Acamo with a poem called Recording, which is from a recent Insta session that he did, and it's a beautiful performance. And then following that is an exclusive recording from Maria Ferguson. It's her poem, My Letters, which was highly commended for the Forward Prize 2020, which is a phenomenal achievement. So it's Gabriel Acamo and then Maria Ferguson. I mean, loops from an unseen mouth. Ugo day, Ugo day, all I have to say is Ugo day. Agatha Moses' broken house skips into her eagle accented English. Ugo day, Ugo day, all I have to say is Ugo day. And from the backseat of the Zephira, Grandma's RP sings what her Yoruba ear commands the words to be. Ugo day. All I have to say is who goes there. And I mentioned something about the future and university. And she replies, if I live that long. All I have to say is who goes there. Loops silently like a knotted cassette. I didn't know her absence would come so quickly. True, true. She wouldn't see the next year. I've grown into the habits of asking stupid questions of God, the air. Some bright, some afternoons, the sky blacks out for a half second. And I think I see an answer passing when the sun flickers and no bird or plane in the cloudless sky is big enough to do this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All I have is. My letters after Hugo Williams. They are under the bed, burning a hole in the carpet again. I can smell the fabric singe. Cigarette lit from the hob, 18. Drunk on tequila I bought to impress you. Forgot the limes. Used a sif synthetic lemon I found in the cupboard to ease the taste. It's the last thing I remember. That smell of burning hair. Some I have kept for almost a decade. My handwriting has changed a little. They are tired things and sad. They long to be held by your fingers. They want you to understand. But it's been so long and there are so many now. These letters I write and do not send. I think you're meant to throw them away, but I never get that far. They are hiding under bank statements, photographs, receipts. Self-destructing, overheating. I taste it on my tongue. Saxa, cheap tequila. You sat on my bed that night. Ask me what was burning. That was Gabriel Ocamo and Maria Ferguson. 
Okay, so recently I've been seeing lots of gold and yellow on my timeline, uh, all related to the poem Pessimism is for Lightweights by Selena Godden. Um, Rough Trade Books have launched this new project, project, which has seen loads of translations of a poem from around the world. Um, where have we had translations from so far? Oh, it's been so exciting. People have been filming themselves doing my poem in their mother tongue in loads of different languages. We've had films in from Argentina, Russia, Wales, Norway, Turkey, Iran, Poland. It's been so exciting to hear the poem um, and everyone getting involved and in the message you know that love will conquer hate um, but it all started when a brilliant translation was provided by Emily Cotman. She's an artist who uses translation as a medium to invoke a more human experience of history. Or, as Emily puts it, maybe I just want to sing karaoke with my ancestors. Emily holds a bachelor's degree in linguistics from the Ohio State University and lives with her family on Geogogo land. Anyway, she first encountered my poem earlier this year when she saw it being shared on social media. She says this poem is a healing thing and given the history of Watling Street, which was where the poem originated with thanks to John Higgs, I suppose that an old English translation might allow that healing to touch new times and spaces. And I wholeheartedly agree and so does everyone at Rough Trade Books. So we've got a video of it which you'll see on YouTube. Um, if you fancy giving it a go, by the way, if you're listening and you've got a second language, third or fourth language, please head over to the extracurricular page on the Rough Trade Books website. There there you'll find my poem as it's displayed at the Manchester People's History Museum. We'd especially love it if you could send in a short video of yourself reading your translation. Make sure you tag us, Rough Trade Books, and use the hashtag Pessimism is for Lightweights. So here is this thing of beauty. This is Emily Cotman doing Pessimism is for Lightweights in Old English. And it really does sound like a message from our ancestors telling us that love will conquer hate. Amen them that fall on this strata air, and them that fareth to wear them yerum. Strata shared well on strata sunan, strata us beforan, on strata er ye don. Ye wretchedness us watcheth, what shulin we were done. This strata be their fana and merca, freeth ben a blood and swat on terras build on thus burg. Build on this land, Macron strata biren ela das yer. Their strat beeth of withre, on them nath to chosen, on them that yet sacketh a sprecken among shoch stemth on hira children. Thar beeth evod on riche of hüchtwilnese. Haban ye levon, and beon din silfdu, for if mecht thea seon din liknese, on haban trewe, on jaden du shilt gad er a wundren in quichipinge, glam kraft beck on sweven, luvian neke buras on beon glad, on haban jerumene sefan, van de yet spedest ad lief, vu avnest a quedest on standest der, hit bith salnes that bith schuldig, kald herdnes that hermeth er. Or wennes bith for leuchtwiktum, Dar nis nan riecht wit lina, beotha duna, bugias, reminga, macet thastrata ewer ont mina. 
or wenes bydd ffwrdd lewt wythrwm. Sestratw ar anafra eddau ond rychre. Ond liban fydd el om liban lifast ond liflitr. Ond lwfo a bridredd hete. Oh no, we're coming to the end of another fantastic packed show of art and culture and books and chatter and so much fun. Thank you so much for listening into Roaring Twenties Radio. This is our 11th show and the, the last 10 shows have been so much fun. Before I, I don't know where to begin, there's so many people to thank. <laughs> I want to say thank you to Elvis McGonagall, to Caleb Femi, to Tim Arnold, Claire Nicholson, Inua Ellums, Ollie Spleen, Emily Cotman, Rough Trade Books and who else do we have to say thank you to? I want to say thank you to Lima Lane. Leighton, Hetty Judah, Cold War Steve, Kellyanne Davitt, Ollie Basquiano, Louisa Buck and the Gallery Climate Coalition, of course, Elena Emmett. And over the 10 episodes, I've had poems from the Repeat Beat Poet, Sharifa Energy, Nafisa Hamid, James McDermott, Kirsty Taylor, Ollie O'Neill, Sile Katebi, Jenny Lindsay, Oakley, Victoria McNulty and Nierika Manda. So many people have made this show possible with their contributions, like the fantastic Rooks, Iona Lee, um, Nikita Gill, Kit Dewar, Scarlett Sabet, um, Ashley Hickson, Maria Ferguson, Niven, Niven Govinden, um, Ollie Spleen, the Academy of Sun, Nick S. Shukla, uh, Murray Lachlan Young, Season Butler, Helen, Phillip, Helen, Heather, Heather, Heather Phillipson. You already said that one, perhaps. Yeah. Um, Sharmilla, um, and all the people that own it London, Sophia Thakur, Toria Garber, Luke Wright, uh, the Nymphs and Thugs crew, um, Louise, um, Verve, um, the Blissful Nomad, a uh, repeat beat poet. Um, own it, London. Uh, own it, London. Burning Eye Books, Sharifa Energy. We've just had so much fun with all of you. We're going to keep going, making the show every month, and we just want to thank you all for you for listening for tuning in and for sharing the link and tweeting along with us when the show goes out and thank you to Soho Radio for giving us this slot okay so I had some really sad news this week Uh, my school friend Kay uh, passed away Kay was it's so strange in lockdown with us not being able to go to funerals this show this whole show is dedicated to anyone else who knows that loss and who's going through a difficult time at the moment um this week my head has just been filled with memories of Kay. um i've just been transported back in time um and i just want to share some of those memories i mean we didn't take many photos back then but i remember taking this one particular photo it's the morning after a big night out eating toast and nursing a hangover at my mum's house on Springfield Road in Hastings. I can remember us walking along the green up to Springfield Road and the sky was all shooting stars and how we stopped and sat on a bench and gazed up and lost, counted uh, shooting stars and how we ran out of wishes. We were girls made of magic and in touch with the stars and the spirits of our ancient ancestors. Or maybe, you know, we were just really wasted (laughs) and witnessing a meteor shower. But it felt magic and I didn't forget the feeling. And as I'm thinking about her, I've been remembering that particular bench. And I feel like if I went and sat there now at that particular bench in Hastings, like her spirit would come and sit with me. Um, It's such sad news um, that she passed away and it's taken me back to the beginning, to the first time I met Kay. That Saturday we met in Rockies on Hastings Seafront. 
It was Kay and Marcia and me laughing, playing pool, sharing chips, slipping vodka into our cups of Fanta. And it was all about that. Hastings, the sea, the sky, the feeling, the summers that lasted forever. Rest in peace, Kay. Rest in power. I'm so sorry to hear that she's gone. Um, and it, it only leads me to just, here's some Prince. We listen to Prince obsessively. And so here's Sign of the Times, Prince. Everyone take care out there. Wear your mask. Be good to each other. Be kind and go easy and be gentle. Time. 
Thank you. 